This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. So the sermon today is hope in Christ. I want to start today by saying that hope is foundational for faith. Without hope, there is no faith. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Hebrews 11 and verse 1. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. If there is no hope, there is no faith. Uh, It says, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, the, the, the old King James puts it like this. Uh, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you are not hoping for anything, you cannot have faith for anything. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Uh, there's, a, there's a quote that I want to share with us. Uh, if you can please display the uh, PowerPoint slide. Uh, I, I, I think it's something that uh, might teach us one or two things. Someone said, uh, and the name is down there, uh, Thornton World, uh, in, uh, uh, he wrote it, but Ben Patterson quoted him in The Grand Essentials. And he says, he says, hope is a projection of imagination. <laughs> hope is a projection of imagination, and so is despair. So if you're in despair... It means you have projected some things that is causing you to be despaired. He said despair all too readily embraces the ills it foresees. Hope is an energy that arouses the mind to explore every possibility to combat them. (laughs) So both of them are projections of imagination, but they are doing two different things. In response to hope, The imagination is aroused to picture every possible issue, to try every door, to fit together even the most heterogeneous pieces in the puzzle. After the the solution has been found, it is difficult to recall steps taken. So many of them are just below the level of consciousness. And I'm sure many of us can relate to this. I certainly can relate to this. A lot of times when you are hoping for something, when you are trusting God for something, you keep praying, you keep believing, you keep trusting the Lord, and then finally it comes together and you really cannot explain how it happened. Somebody asks you, so how did you do it? You say, I don't know. Amen. And some people will turn around and then come back and write a book and say seven steps to deliverance in the, this area or that area. No, a lot of it is even subconscious. You are not conscious of it. That is hope. That is hope. The opposite of hope is despair. And uh, it, they walk through the same process, but they are focusing on different things. Amen. Some of the synonyms of hope will tell you what hope is. Is confidence, confidence, expectation, courage, optimism. I love that. Optimism. Faith, I mean, hope, 
causes you to have a positive outlook about life. Because you have hope that it will happen. Amen. Hope is a necessity in life as a whole and especially for us as believers. When you have hope, you can be joyful. Hallelujah. <laughs> when you have hope, you can be joyful in spite of the situation because you have hope that things will get better. Because of hope, in a difficult situation, you can still maintain joy. When you have hope, you can be grateful. When you have hope, you can be thankful. What am I saying? To, today's service is Thanksgiving service. Regardless of what your current situation is, you can still be thankful if you have hope in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says in uh, uh, Romans chapter 8, 23 to 25, you, you know, because no one ever hopes for what they have. I'm not hoping that I will be in church for Thanksgiving service today. No, because I'm already here. So, Hope is sort of putting your eyes to look ahead and project ahead and project ahead in a positive manner as much as possible. So Romans 8, 23 to 25 tells us, it says, And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as, as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. So there are some things that God has promised us that we have not really entered into yet. But as we look ahead, as we have hope, knowing that God cannot fail, God cannot lie. As we project ahead, it gives us joy, knowing that God will never fail us. So verse 24 says, we were given this hope when we were saved, when we gave our life to Christ. We already have something. Uh, if we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. Verse 25, but if we look forward to something that we don't yet have, we must wait patiently. And confidently. So I encourage us today. Uh, I know the, 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 this pandemic has impacted different people in different ways. Whichever way it has touched you, I want you to know that Jesus is still on the throne. Hallelujah. Jesus is still in charge of your life and my life in the name of Jesus. Our hope in Christ Jesus and his finished work at Calvary has given us hope beyond our present realities. Amen? The hope we have as believers in Jesus has given us confidence and reassurance that my present and my tomorrow will be all right. Why? Because the scripture tells me so. So it also reassures us of the reality of eternal life, allowing us to face death with confidence. You know, I've said this oftentimes, I'm not afraid to die, even though I still have work to do. I know I still have many years by the grace of God if the Lord tarries and is coming. But I'm not scared of death. Oh, he's coming, he's going. Oh, none of that. None of that. 
By the grace of God, I know by my assurance of faith in Christ Jesus that if I die today, I go to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, so I'm not scared, but I live full. I live rich. I live confident in the finished work of Christ. Hallelujah. So this hope has some very good outcomes for us. So I, I, I have a subheading there. I say, what are the results of hope in the life of a believer in Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Number one, if you are following on the app, the missing word there is reassures. Is reassures. Hope reassures us of our faith. That what we have believed is not a lie. Hallelujah. And Hebrews chapter 3 verse 6 tells us just that. He said, but Christ as a son is in charge of God's entire house. Pay close attention to this. He said, but Christ as a son, of, as a son the son of God, is in charge of God's entire house. And then he goes further to break it down for us. He says, and we are God's house. If, that's conditional, if we continue or if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. He's saying, if I maintain my confidence in my hope in Christ, then I am part of God's house. I, I, I don't think they will bring a bulldozer trying to bulldoze your house and you will not say something against it. You will rise up in defense. If anyone wants to mess with your house, you, they will first of all have to deal with you before they can mess with your house. Hallelujah. If, if the children are at home, if they are messing things up, pouring things, spilling things, we, we rebuke them, we scold them. Is that not so? The Bible says you and I, we are God's house. We are brick by brick. We are formed the house of God. We are the body of Christ. And Jesus, the Bible says, is in, is in charge of the entire house. Amen. Aren't you glad that the one that is in charge of the house never sleeps nor slumbers? Hallelujah. I go to sleep at night. My children, my wife, everybody, they trust me to protect them. Hallelujah. But we all sleep at night. I, if I, I sleep so well, sometimes I even snore. Hallelujah. <laughs> but the Bible says uh, that Jesus, the Son himself, the resurrected Christ, is the one that is in, in charge of the entire house of which you and I, we are a part. What a joy. What a joy. But he says that is only if. We keep our courage and remain confident in the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Ephesians, I love, I love this too. Ephesians 1, 18, and 9, 18 to 20. Ephesians 1, 18 to 20. It says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. So that what? So you can understand the confident hope. So you can understand the confident hope. He has given to those he called. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Verse 19. He said, I also pray that you will understand that the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor. 
at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. What a joy. What a joy to know that we, the hope we have is a guarantee of our faith. That what we have believed is not a fad. What we have believed is not a fallacy. What we have believed is real. Is real. Is real. And Jesus is coming back, people. Jesus is coming back for you and I. And then the world will really, really know that truly he's alive. He's alive forevermore. He reigns forever. He is the king of glory. He's the I am that I am. He's the one who was, the one who is, and the one that will be forever. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. In Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews tells us a little more even about this. Hebrews 7, 18 to 22. Hebrews 7, 18 to 22. It says, yes. The old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless. Hallelujah. For the law never made anything perfect. You know, in Romans, Paul actually said, he said, the only thing the law did for me was to tell me I'm a sinner. He didn't give me any solution. The law only revealed my sin to me. He didn't give me any solution. But we have a better hope. We have a better promise. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, but now we have confidence. Somebody say confidence. We have confidence in a better hope. We have confidence in a better hope through which we draw near to God. Verse 20. Through which we draw near. He said, this new system was established with a solemn oath. Aaron's descendant became priest without such an oath. 21. But there was an oath regarding Jesus. For God said to him, the Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever. The Old Testament priests, they lived and they died. But our priest remains alive forever. He, he died and rose from the dead and is alive forevermore. Because of this oath, Jesus is the one who guarantees this better covenant with God. Hallelujah. What a sweet blessing. What a glorious assurance that we have in Christ Jesus. Hebrews 10, 23, the Bible says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. Why? Because God can be trusted to keep his promise. Hallelujah. I'm speaking to somebody this morning that you can trust God. You can believe God. Your hope in God is a sure one. He will come to pass. He's not man that he will lie, neither the son of man that he will repent. Whatever he says he will do, that is what he does. Glory, hallelujah. I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. I'm telling you, even before the governor announced the reopening, there was just something bubbling up in my spirit. There was just a bubble, a bubble in my... I was so happy. I was excited. For what reason? I don't know. But I know God has something good in stock for you. God has something good in stock for me. Brethren, we can trust him. The Bible says, God can be trusted to keep his promises. He will keep his promises concerning you. He will keep his promises concerning me in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Number two, number two, hope equips us 
for spiritual battle. <laughs> hope equips us for spiritual battle. The hope we have in Christ equips us for spiritual battle. Let's open to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to read from verse 10 through 20. Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10 through 20. And it reads, a final word. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. And he's giving them a closing remark. He said, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Hallelujah. Verse 12. He said, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. I think it's important to, to pause here to ponder and to reflect. People are not your problem. Yes. I know Satan is using people to afflict you. But if you are fighting the servant, you are fighting the wrong battle. You're fighting the wrong battle. He's saying, he's saying to us here, he said, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. I know many of us, when we are praying against enemies, you have pictures of people in mind. You can just see him, you can just see her. You are saying, Holy Ghost fire. Just burn up our head. But the Holy Ghost refused to burn up their head. Amen. Shouldn't that tell you something? He says, the enemies we have, they are not flesh and blood. He said, but they are, we are wrestling, we are fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. We are fighting against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Can you imagine this virus? Unseen enemy. All the atomic bomb. Father, we send atomic bomb to kill coronavirus. He refused to die. Because you are using the wrong equipment. You have an enemy, but you are using the wrong equipment for battle. Say, I, 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 I shoot you. Okay, everybody, bring out your machine gun. We kill the enemy. You kill nothing. He says the enemies we have, they are not flesh and blood. We're talking principalities. We're talking evil rulers. We're talking powers in dark places. And it says in verse 13, Therefore, because this battle is not a physical battle, you punch me, you know, you get into position, I punch you, you punch No, 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 none of that. All the shadow boxing you do in the place of so-called prayer, you're just deceiving yourself because you can't punch, you can't punch a spirit. Amen? Listen to this. It says, verse 13. It says, therefore, therefore, you don't begin the sentence with therefore. Therefore, it's telling you we are joining what has been said to what is about to be said. Because of the foregoing, put on every piece of God's armor. So you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. And then it lists, it lists for us this uh, 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 armor that the scripture is talking about. It talks about the belt of truth. It talks about the uh, breastplate of righteousness, body armor of God's righteousness. 
in verse 15, talks about the shoes, uh, for, say for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Evangelism, preaching to others, is a form of defense for us. Hallelujah. Because we have refused to evangelize, the people that we should have evangelized and led to Christ are the ones that are now opposing the gospel because we never preached to them. What a sad story. But my prayer is that as we come out of this pandemic, we will be emboldened in Christ Jesus to tell others about the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, to tell others about the same hope that we have in Christ Jesus. And it continues, talks about the shield of faith, the salvation, salvation as your helmet, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. Hallelujah. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, he said, but let us who live in the light be clear-headed. Let's be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love and wearing on the helmet, the confidence of our salvation. Hallelujah. Friends, what you have believed is the hope that is going to save the world. Hallelujah. The hope for rescue of the whole universe is in Christ Jesus. He's the answer. The Bible says by him, he, by his word, he upholds all things. He pulls all things together. You remove the word, everything disintegrates. And who or what is the word? Is a who. The word, the word is a who. Because John 1, 1 tells us in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Hallelujah. You remove Jesus from the equation, everything falls apart, everything disintegrates. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, 4, 5, and 6, you know this very well. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4, 5, and 6, it says, we use God's mighty weapons. Not worldly weapons. Amen? Not boxing. Not fighting. Not abuses. Not insults. No, 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 no. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Hallelujah. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Verse 6, and after we have come, we have become fully obedient. We, after we have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. So it is still predicated on your obedience and my obedience. But what am I saying to you today? Your hope in Christ equips you. To be able to fight spiritual battles. It arms you. It defends you. It protects you. Hallelujah. The Bible says in 1 John uh, chapter 4 verse 4. It says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. It says but you belong to God my dear children. Don't stop comparing yourself with people. You know that is why when people tell me oh everybody is happening to everybody. I say my name is not everybody. He said, everyone over there, my name is not everyone. Hallelujah. 
He said, but you belong to God, my dear children. You are not part of everybody. You belong to God. You are God's children. He said, you have all, listen to this. This is beautiful. <laughs> this is sweet. He said, you have already won a victory over those people. Because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Hallelujah. You see, your hope in Christ secures you. Anyone resisting you is fighting a lost cause already. Because the battle, you, it says you already have the victory. You already have the victory. You say, oh, but pastor, it doesn't feel like it. I know. In the process of time, you're going to realize it. Because it, in, the final, in the final analysis, you win. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's what Apostle Paul was saying. Whether I live, I win. Whether I die, I win. On all sides, I'm a winner. Hallelujah. On all sides, you are a winner in the name of Jesus. Number three, number three, very quickly. So, number one, we said hope reassures us of our faith in Christ. Number two, hope equips us even for spiritual warfare. Number three, hope enables us to face suffering with confidence. Hope enables us to face suffering with confidence. It's an interesting thing to me that David will say in Psalm 119 and verse 71, he said that he's happy that he suffered. <laughs> that takes a, a depth of revelation. He said, my suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. David said he was glad that he suffered. He said because he realized that the suffering was not just to, for him to suffer. God allowed him to come out of that a better person. Check this out. If you compare the lives of David and Saul, Saul became king just like that. He was just thrown at him. But look at everything that David went through. It looked like suffering. He was anointed king. And from the moment he, had, he was anointed king, shortly after that, he became the king's servant. You'll be like, what's up with that? <laughs> I thought I was the king. I made the king, and then I'm this king's servant. And then from there, he became a fugitive. The same king wanted to kill him. But through it all, God fortified him. When David got to the throne, God just needed to correct him once. He messes up, is corrected, and that's it. He doesn't go back to it. Amen? So, he's saying here, he said, my suffering was good for me. You may not see the good in what you are going through, but trust me, God is working it out for you. And you will come out on the other side better in the name of Jesus. Romans chapter 5, 3 to 5. Romans 5, 3 to 5. It says we rejoice. We can rejoice too. When we run into problems and trials. We can rejoice. Why? For we know. We know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Verse 5. And this hope, listen to this, this hope will not lead to disappointment. God cannot fail you. God will not fail you. 
He said, this hope that you have in Christ will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our heart with his love. Friends, this hope does not disappoint. The hope in Christ does not fail. That is why no matter what you're going through, know that God, one way or another, he will pull you through. He will see you through. He will see me through in the name of Jesus. That is why Paul can confidently say in Philippians 1.20, that's why he can confidently say, for I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed. That's why he can conclude like that. Why? Because he knows that the hope he has in Christ can never lead to disappointment. That's why he made that bold declaration. He said, I fully expect and I hope that I will never be ashamed. You will not be put to shame in the name of Jesus. God will work it out for you. He will work it out in your favor in the name of Jesus. Number four, very quickly because of our time. Number four, this hope in Christ that we're talking about, this hope encourages us to look forward to restoration. Amen. Even though things look bad right now, know that God can make a good thing out of nothing. Out of nothing. Out of nothing, he can make something wonderful. Talk less of he has raw materials to work with. There's a bad thing that is just needs to be made good, made better. Amen. Let, let, let's read. Romans chapter 12. Uh, uh, no, not Romans. Uh, John. In John 16.33, Jesus told the disciples, he says, I have told you all this so that you will have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. So what you are going through, whatever it is, negative situation that you may be experiencing right now, I want you to understand that it is not a surprise to God. To restore, meaning you are doing it over to bring it back to its old state. So things were going well and then it turned sour. God will restate it. God will restore it in the name of Jesus. Jesus said to them, he said, I have overcome the world for you. That is the hope you must maintain. That is the hope that you have in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. But I love this. I love this. This is the promise of God for somebody listening to me this morning. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 17. Jeremiah 31 verse 17. The Bible says there is hope for your future. There is hope for your future. There is hope for my future. That is why I confidently tell people, if you look at me today and you think this is all there is to know about me, you are a liar. Because God is still working it out for me. Oh yes, I, I, I may not be where I want to be, but I'm not where the devil wants me to be. God has moved my life along. I'm better than where I used to be. And the journey ahead is better than where you are right now. He said there is hope for your future, says the Lord. Your children will come to their own land. Hallelujah. And then look at this. This, this should be somebody's memory verse. Hosea chapter 2 verse 15. Hosea chapter 2 verse 15. It says, I will return 
vineyards to her. I will return her vineyards to her. Amen. And transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. Hallelujah. God is saying he will transform the valley of trouble will then become a gateway of hope. It means that thing that is causing you to despair right now will be turned around and it will turn to hope and it will make life even so much better for you. Hallelujah. He says the valley of trouble will be transformed into a gateway of hope. She will give herself to me there as she did long ago when she was young and when I freed her from her captivity. God will turn it around for you. The hope you have in Christ Jesus is a real hope. Is a real hope. Is a hope that can transform trouble into hope. Hallelujah. Is a hope that can transform situation, bad situation, to great and awesome situation. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I need to wrap up very quickly now. Very quickly. Number five. Number five. Hope encourages us to rejoice. Hope encourages us to rejoice. Romans chapter 12 and verse 12. Romans 12, 12. He said, rejoice in our confident hope. Rejoice. 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 Why? Because there is greatness in your future. Hallelujah. Isn't that what the scripture says? He said, there is hope in your future. There is hope in your So therefore, rejoice because of this confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on trying. Keep on trying. Keep on trying. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Listen to this. He said, therefore, since we have made right, we have been made right in God's sight by faith. We have peace with God because of what Christ Jesus, our Lord, has done for us. Lord, friends, you didn't do it for yourself. Jesus did it all. He did it all because it was pleasing to him. It was what he wanted to do. That is what the book uh, uh, Ephesians says. He said he, he had this plan long ago and he did it because it was what he wanted to do. That was his plan. His plan for his people. Listen to me. I, I'm going to, let me, let me begin to wrap up now. Listen. Hope. Hope looks forward. Is somebody hearing me today? Hope looks what? It looks forward. Hope looks beyond disappointments. Hope looks beyond the trouble. Hope looks beyond dashed expectation. Amen? So those things are in your present reality, but hope looks beyond them. Remember, hope is a projection of imagination from that quote. Hope projects beyond the disappointment. Listen to me. When you are able to project beyond the disappointment, beyond the dash expectation, and you look forward to what is to come, you can rejoice. You can rejoice. Hope is basically potential that is waiting to be harnessed. Amen? Listen. If you... <laughs> if all you do is look back and look around. You are looking around at the trouble. You are looking back at the pain. If that's all you do, 
you will live in a world of pain and anguish and despair and sorrow and depression and frustration because you're looking back. You're looking in the wrong mirror. You're looking in the wrong mirror. Look ahead. Project ahead. Look at the word of God. The scripture says God will transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. The scripture says in your future there is hope. Believe God. Believe God. You have nothing to lose when you believe God. In conclusion, today, listen to me. I want to leave this with you. Hope leads to godly living. If you truly have this confident hope that we have in Christ Jesus. That hope will not cause you to live anyhow. I know some people will want to say, oh, we are covered by grace. And because of the grace of God, I can do whatever it is I like. No, you can't. The Bible says, because I have put my hope in God, therefore, my integrity and honesty will protect me. Amen? Hope. Hope leads to godly living. It leads to godly living. That is why the scripture concludes in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. It says, Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when, Jesus, uh, uh, when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. Let's bow our hearts for a word of prayer. Friends, the message I have for you today is that your hope in Christ is a real hope. It's real. And it's able to turn things around for you. I want you to know today that God cannot fail you. And God will not fail you. He says this hope that we are talking about cannot lead to disappointment. It does not lead to disappointment. This hope is liberating. This hope has something great in the future for you. This hope is able to transform your world of trouble to a gateway of hope where there is joy, where there is abundance, where there is uplifting. So therefore this morning or this afternoon rather, I want to pray. I want to pray for you. I want you to bow your hearts. And just say, Lord, I surrender. I surrender all unto you. I surrender my life. I surrender my hope. Why are you carrying the burden yourself? He says, take my yoke upon you. He wants to carry it for you. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Why are you encumbered? When you have Jesus. Why are you encumbered. When Christ is there for you. Hope in God. Hope in Christ. So I want you to even right now. Say Lord I surrender. I surrender it all. My pain. My sorrow. My anguish. My disappointments. My failures. My dashed expectations, I surrender all. I surrender all. I surrender all. In the name of Jesus. I give a lot up unto you. 
I give it up to you, Lord. Because you are more than able, more than able to do it for me. Obviously, we can't do it by ourselves. We have tried, but we have failed. Disappointments on every side. Challenges everywhere. And that is not for lack of trying. With every effort, it still didn't work out. Lord, we surrender all. In our lives, have your way. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for your children this morning. As many as are watching. The Lord, tonight, today, this moment. Lord, I pray that you will transform their troubles to rejoicing. Their failures to success. In the name of Jesus. You said there is hope in our future. Let them begin to see the hope that is in the future. Let them give them the grace and the ability to look beyond their present circumstances. To see ahead and to see what you have in stock for them. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, blessed Redeemer. You are the healer. Lord, heal us in our bodies. Heal our relationships. Heal our broken hearts. Help us, mighty God. For you are you alone are our God, and in you alone we trust. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Redeemer. In Jesus' mighty name, I have prayed. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.